Everybody, welcome to our podcast, Live Him Out. Our goal is to educate and motivate people to know God's ways and live them out in their daily lives. I'm excited today. We've got a powerful subject and some uh, powerful women here in the room with me today. So we're talking about the role of women in the church. So welcome to our podcast, Live Him Out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. As I said, we are excited today to be dealing with a very relevant subject today. We want to give biblical answers and talk about what the Bible has to say about this subject. So it's the role of women in church. And it's a subject that's um, it's being debated today more than just within the church, within culture as a whole. Uh, what is a woman and uh, what is a man? And some some people having a hard time defining those today, it seems. And those two roles are under a lot of scrutiny, a lot of transition within the culture. Uh, we see that in sports where women uh, are forced to participate with men in activities and compete against them. Uh, we see that in confusion of the gender today, titles and, and phrases like gender fluidity, where there are supposedly many different types of gender, and a woman can be a man, a man can be a woman, a lot of confusion. Uh, we see that in, in education today. Things are being taught. We see that in industry today. So it's imperative that we, the church, speak out on issues like this. So uh, I'm going to play more the role of moderator today, and I want to introduce to you two of the women that are in our church. And uh let them tell their story about who they are and uh, why I believe they have credibility here at the table today to speak on this subject. So let me start with uh, Lisa. Lisa, tell us uh, who you are, what you do, and uh, a little bit about your life. Okay. I'm Lisa Mawini. I am a wife, a mom to three little girls. Um, I do bookkeeping for the church here, Vertical Church. I do bookkeeping for my children's school and um, a couple of other companies. So I'm busy yes. doing that. I'm yes. busy raising little girls. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. that's about it. Okay. You are, I don't know if you want to talk about this, a new position you've recently yes, just taken I, on. Yes, I actually... Um, just became a board member for First Look, the Pregnancy Resource yeah. Center here in Waxhachi, Texas. Um, I encourage you to go and look them up. Um, yeah. They're doing great work for the cause of life here in Ellis County. Yeah. And so, and you've worked out in uh, the workforce for many years and been in places of, of yes. influence within organizations, corporations. Sure. I spent um, 17 years in the corporate world um, doing finance. Um, interacting with business people. Um, I left that job last year to mm -hmm. go work at the children's school, but still in the realm of finance. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, very good. We're also excited to have uh, Barry Seif with us today. Barry, tell us about uh, about your life. Well, first, I'm the oldest one here, <laughs> and uh, which is a joy. Yeah. I've only been married about seven years. My husband and I uh, come here on Sundays. Yeah. And um, uh, we were both raised in a Jewish home. I came to faith in 1980. Mm. And all during that time, I was single and never married. And my vocation before education was, I was a manufacturer's rep selling roofing. Wow. Only in a male-oriented profession. And I traveled <laughs> a lot uh, over the 21 years that I did that work. Wow. 
and uh, it was it was tough. And then I felt the call to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had gotten an MBA, but went on for a PhD. And then education opened up, mm-hmm. and I teach online uh, for Grace Christian, Grand Canyon, nice. and uh, Crown College, all Christian uh, universities and wow. colleges. Been okay. doing that since I was six. So nice. Okay. Now you also do some some traveling. Well, I also. And president of a small 501c3 charity. And we go do charity trips to Israel twice yearly. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. We serve from the heart. So yeah. it's a joy to do that That's as good. well. And and help lead even some some tours there in the area, right? Do you yes. some of that? And yeah, but teaching? no touring, only charity. We are okay. a tax deduction ah, to go to Israel. So nice. there's some benefits there. It's good. We can make it work rather than paying a big bucks for tours. There you go. We want people to come to see the the uh, holy land, the yeah. land of God. Yeah, it's beautiful. And serve. Yeah, so right away you can see uh, why I believe they have credibility here at the table. Women of influence and uh, leadership and uh, skill that puts them in places of, of great significance and influence over others. So with that, I think they have a voice at the table today to talk about the role of women, specifically in the church and, and related to ministry. So um, we know from the Bible that God created two genders, mm. male and female. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells mm-hmm. us in Gen- Genesis one twenty seven. so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So God had a design, has a design for male and female. They're to reflect who he is, his design, his desires for us. And the scripture just begins to tell the rest of that story of what that looks like, male and female. We are not here because we evolved into those two uh, types of uh, being, but because God created us with that. And so we begin with that that foundational belief today that God is the creator, God is the designer, God has purpose and God has intention and God is good. So let's uh, let's launch into the discussion today. And I want to start with this. We we're obviously seeing that there are um, there are gender roles for life. There are the roles of uh, husband and wife, mother and father. Um, those seem to be under attack today. Why? Why do you see, or what do you see as the reason why we're seeing such a rush to redefine what has just been understood as traditional roles of men and women? I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that. Lisa, you want to start? Sure. Uh, First and foremost, uh, it's a spiritual issue Mm. that is definitely the influence of Satan in our world. And if he can take a person or society or a culture and distort something, um, he will. He's yeah. the great deceiver. Right. And um, what better way than the foundational truth of who God created you to be, mm. uh, to take someone and influence them and confuse them. Um, what better way to draw them away from a path mm. of walking toward a relationship with Christ yeah. than to confuse them at a foundational level of who God made them to be. Yeah. That's good. Barry? We've seen the diminishing family mm. as the origin. <clears throat> it's true. And uh, I grew up in the 50s and the 60s and the 50s where, mm. you know, the white picket fence and mm-hmm. the kids and television at home and things like that. But right. uh, mom and dad and just not 
you know, being divorced mm. and then the women that are overseeing the family, not the men. And uh, I just think we've seen more and more of that. And instead of putting children in front of the television, we're putting children in front of the their little smartphones. Yeah. And uh, mm. God only knows what things will be opening up yeah. uh, through that. That's true. Action. Yeah, so it does seem as though the very foundations of, of life, uh, what we understood as family, uh, marriage, are under attack. And you're right. I think uh, by the enemy taking shot at that, you just destroy the very foundation of, mm-hmm. of a culture and a society mm-hmm. uh, when people reject their very creation and the creator mm-hmm. about the most foundational thing about them, their their gender, then when there's confusion at that level, there's the ultimate rejection of God himself. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're seeing that play out today and, and so much confusion, so much distortion um, happening in our world. And, and it's there's elements where that, that touches the church as well. Mm-hmm. There begins to be some confusion and debate even about roles within the church. So we know that God has created um, men to be husbands, mm-hmm. women to be wives, uh, men to be fathers, uh, women to be mothers. So those are, those are set, established roles. Uh, a woman, though she can... In a, given a single mother situation, she could fulfill many of the roles that would, be, that would be necessary for raising children. She cannot be a father in that Correct. situation. Right. Uh, though a woman may may have to live alone, uh, a woman cannot be a husband. A woman is designed to be a wife. And so when you move into the church, I guess I see this in, in some of the same way, that there's a role that is defined for a man and there are roles that are defined for women. So you read through passages like 1 Timothy 3, where it says, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop or a pastor or a lead pastor within a church, and he goes on and describes what that is, the teaching is that that's a role reserved for a man. And then you find other passages, 1 Timothy 2, where Paul is giving some instruction. He says, I don't, I don't permit, allow for a woman to be in a lead role or have an authority over a man. So these set up some boundaries within a church about what the lead role is supposed to be and then who the, who the other roles or how the other roles should be filled. So as women, is that an affront to either of you that a man, the Bible says a, a man is to fulfill the role of a pastor? Is that an affront to you? Does that bother you? Why or, or why not? Um, no, it's not an affront to me. Um, I would say that I was raised by a single mother, so she definitely fulfilled some some roles um, being a single mother, but right. she was not my father. Yeah, It's just the way that it is. Um, I also have an amazing husband mm-hmm. who serves as an elder in this church mm-hmm. um, who makes it extremely easy for me to be yeah. his helper. Um, and I understand that's not the case for all women, um, but it doesn't change the truth and the reality of what scripture says. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to point out that God made Eve from Adam mm. to be a helper before the fall, before mm-hmm. sin, before the curse, that women being helpers 
to men mm. is not a result of the fall or the curse, that it's God's original intent and design for mm-hmm. women. And it can be and is a very fulfilling role mm. because it's a God-given role um, when it is coming from a place of the right heart. Yeah, yeah. So Barry, you come from a, a long period in life of being alone, and then you marry, uh, and then you you you've been in in roles where you probably gave some direction even to some men. So mm-hmm. now, being in a church setting, seeing what the Bible says, is that an affront to you? Does that bothersome to you? Why or why not? No, it's really great, and it's really <laughs> neat to see the difference between Lisa and myself. That's true, yeah. Um, she's like, she's salt, I'm pepper. Uh, <laughs> she's married, you know, I'm recently <clears throat> married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a father and mother being raised. You had a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I came to faith, I felt that the most important thing was to demonstrate Christ in my life. So mm-hmm. what better role for a single woman or a woman is Proverbs 31. Yeah. And I love the part where she gets up at night you know, early before the sun rises and prepares food for the family or makes clothes or mm-hmm. goes and sells belts at the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw myself, mm-hmm. how can I emulate um, Christ-likeness, godliness in mm-hmm. my life yeah. in the marketplace among all men? Nice. And it was Proverbs 31. Wow. And then regarding the voice about entitlement mm-hmm. that, and I don't know if you want me to speak about Come that on, now, yeah, but sure. um, I still <clears throat> see a lot of women. I never really was like this because I've always seen myself in in a real traditional spot regarding, you know, the 66 books, Genesis yeah. through maps, and where <laughs> women's role is, even with dealing with men. I have three brothers, mm. and I was the oldest, so that gave me a picture of comfortableness with men. Okay. But the voice and entitlement, um, and we can go into a woman's role within the church, but I just looked upon it that I went back to school. Mm. I I knew that I had a big mouth in some of my Sunday school classes because of my heritage, the Mm. Jewish heritage. So I didn't feel like it was really right for me to, I, in my heart, I knew I was going to need to pursue more education. It was a call. Yeah. It was not anything I was looking for. I was sure. just going to get a Bible certificate. And the seminary said, you really can go for a PhD because you have an MBA. And I got it, putting many things aside during those years. But I have seen where education opens up the door mm. to speak, not <clears throat> because I have a sense of entitlement. I'm a woman. I feel called. Uh, and Lisa, I love what you, you shared. And I'm going to be quiet so you can talk about it. The flesh is is mm. that being riled up there. That wasn't mine, and I liked your insights. Yeah. Sure. Um, I would say, as a woman, this is not a topic that I spent a lot of time worrying about or thinking about prior to having this conversation mm-hmm. and preparing for this. Um, and I would attribute that to the men in my life. Um, they're wonderful. If that is not the case for you, that may be more difficult, but it doesn't change the reality and truth of what scripture says. And I would encourage you to study that and to pray about that. And in in leading up to this podcast, I was having a conversation with someone um, 
about this topic mm. at, with a man. And, and as we began to talk about it, I felt this, having not been an issue for me and not thinking about it, I felt this anger, you know, this you know, rising up in me. And that's the flesh for sure. Um, so I would say if you're a woman and this is an affront to you or you feel called into ministry, um, that's a beautiful thing. And there's a, a place for women in God's kingdom and he values them and we are created in his image just as much as a man is yeah. for sure. Um, but I would say stop and evaluate and pray um, for pridefulness to leave for if you are quick to emotion about this subject, if you are quick to anger about this subject, mm -hmm. evaluate, is that righteous anger from God defending your place or is that pridefulness in your flesh, the original sin? Mm -hmm. um, also part of the curse is your desire will be for your husband. So prior to the curse, our design is to be a helper to come alongside. Mm -hmm. And part of the curse is pain in childbirth, but our desire will be for our husband to rule over him. So <clears throat> I'm always careful to evaluate my emotions and the, the rising up. If you feel, if you're watching this and you're getting angry, <laughs> evaluate why you're angry, pray about that. Discern if that is, your flesh and pridefulness mm -hmm. and be very, very careful about how you proceed forward with that. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to some of that here in a little bit because um, people come at this subject from different perspectives, different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And if you've, if, if they've set in some places where there's been abuse, that mm -hmm. can be very painful for sure uh, to think about how, how can this be when I've been, I've suffered at the hands of, or, you know, the position of a man in, in a certain position of authority. So uh, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Um, here at Vertical Church, we do have women in places of leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. Our children's director is a woman. Um, we have women who help lead worship on stage. We have women who speak from time to time in a, in a service, in part of the worship time, and pray. Um, but we're careful about the role of, of the pastor and the lead role being that of a male, because that's what the Bible mm -hmm. defines. Um, and so I think we've tried to, we believe, obviously, that Women are equipped, men are equipped, and they, women have the Spirit of God within them, men have the Spirit of God within them, and we should function our gifts mm -hmm. and abilities and talents and, and voices and training that we all have. And so um, I think that's where Scripture talks about, of course, that in Christ there's neither uh, Jew nor Gentile, there's no male mm -hmm. and female. There, we are one in Christ and should function uh, in that perspective, but the roles and offices of the church, that, that's different than our calling and, and, and the work of Christ within us. Mm -hmm. Now, some would say that uh, the traditional views and values are of, uh, of male and female, even of uh, husband and wife and mother and father, and even pastor in the church being male, some would, they, some would say those are outdated and uh, irrelevant to today's culture. What do you say to those who would um, would say that the Bible is irrelevant uh, to today and outdated in that kind of teaching? Barry, we'll start with you. Well, I'm old fashioned, and uh, I grew up again. Our it was a strong family. We all had a voice. We were loud, and I knew that I couldn't have a lightweight 
mm. male. It just it wasn't. I never gave God a list. I believe that the Holy Spirit enables you to recognize who's right or wrong for your life when you're courting. So when Jeff Seif came along, I mean, I've always been a traditional Mm -hmm. woman, even Mm -hmm. within the workplace, selling roofing, uh, wholesale with my customers. I've always taken that role. So um, I just believe in, uh, number one, traditional male-female roles, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit strengthening us, Mm -hmm. giving us wisdom. Mm -hmm. When Jeff and I got married again, he was 59 and I was 61. Mm. And a lot of people had said, oh, you're never going to get married because you're so sad in your ways. And I would just (laughs) keep my mouth shut (laughs) because I thought, well, there wasn't anyone on the horizon. But then Jeff came along. And my answer is that our marriage has been seamless Mm. because we were both submitted to the Lord. We both Mm. were older, but we were so traditional that we just kind of smooched a lot, but we didn't do anything so traditional (laughs) by the book. We both can raise our hands and say, amen. And it's the right way. way. (laughs) The perfect way. There you go. That's right. Lisa? I would say, um, sure, the culture... um, during the time when this verse in Timothy was written was very different from what our culture is today. But God is not different. Yeah. Um, he knows that our culture would be the way that it is today. It's not a surprise to him. Right. It's not a surprise to him that there will be different cultures after ours, but it doesn't change the foundational truth and reality of his inspired scripture. Yeah. It's not a surprise to him that men want to be women and women want to be men in 2022. He knew that. Right. Mm. Um, so it doesn't change the reality of scripture given that it was written during a time that was very culturally different than ours. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the foundational truth. Right. And isn't there a point in which if, if, we, if you're willing to take one piece of scripture and diminish it or rewrite it or deconstruct it, mm-hmm. if you're willing to do that with one doesn't that in some ways just deconstruct the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a, sure. one of the dangers Sure. You can't we face? pick and choose what you want to take and what you want to leave right. based on your personal feelings or experiences or hurts or abuses mm-hmm. um, and decide <clears throat> what parts of the Bible are for you and what parts aren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Barry, you come at this also from a perspective of, of knowing Jewish history, Bible history. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I'm sure that that is necessary in understanding even scripture to know what was culturally historically true at the time and what truth transcends history sure as I mean, well and, and culture traditions definitely the 10 commandments mm. and an order mm-hmm. even in the synagogue and going way back we belonged to a reformed temple first which mm. is reformed judaism and then switched to orthodox synagogue they're mm. still in order God is God of order. God is infinite. Mm -hmm. And we are finite. And there's a place, I do believe, in all of our lives, eventually we're going to get to a place where we're going to say, we're going to be dependent on God, whether it's on your deathbed or whatever. You're going to recognize that dependency. But I like structure. I like order. Especially in a world right now of disorder. Yeah. Yeah, and it does, uh, again, the, the issue of gender, it goes back to the very beginning of Genesis. So you can, just about can't get more foundational than that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're going to erode 
truth, I get where the enemy would say, well, here's the one. If I can get this piece Mm -hmm. eroded, then the whole thing falls apart. So let's talk for just a moment about this idea that that history has not always been kind to women. Uh, We know this historically. We know that even in the Bible, there were periods of time where women were not treated justly and fairly. We know that within our own nation, uh, that there were times when women uh, were not receiving the honor uh, that they should have. So what what should be our response today to uh, a culture that sees those injustices and, and says that, uh, the church is wrong because of what they did in the past, or the Bible is wrong because of what happened in the past. What do we say to those who see that, see what has happened in our nation, or maybe have even personally experienced those injustices? They've, they've sat at the hand of a, a pastor or a church that was unkind to women. or Maybe they were in a marriage where the husband was unkind to a woman. What do you say to a woman in that situation? First, I would say I'm thankful that God does not judge me by my past, mm-hmm. um, that when I accepted Christ, he views me as holy and righteous and redeemed, mm-hmm. and we should not hold other people to that standard of judging them by their past. Certainly, there are uh, systemic abuses against women in the past, as well as many other groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um I don't see that happening in the church today. Mm -hmm. I would say on an individual level, if you have been in a situation where you uh, have been taken advantage of or belittled or any type of abuse, verbal, emotional, or otherwise, um, that that's a terrible thing and a result of the fall and that those actors are not acting in accordance with God's will or on the truth of scripture and that there is no excuse for that. Right. Um, it's not right, it's not okay, and um, there are consequences for that. Mm -hmm. And I would pray that you would find healing from that Mm -hmm. on the truth of the gospel and that you would be able to come to a place of um, recognition that that doesn't change the truth of scripture. Mm -hmm. And while it is different for Barry and I, even though we live very different lives and different experiences, not having experienced um, that type of abuse. um, I understand that it would be difficult to look at me and say, well, how can you say that? Because your husband is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the reality or truth of of scripture in this situation. Um, And I would say that... um, God made Eve to be Adam's helper and that Satan in his shrewdness chose to deceive Eve. Mm -hmm. He went after her and thinking about how can I get mankind to sin against God, to follow me in his cunning and shrewdness. He didn't go directly after Adam. He went after Eve and we can spend time. You could talk about all the reasons and differences in men and women and I don't think we need to go there. The point is he went after Eve because Eve had great influence over Adam. And as a society and individually in our pursuit of 
showing our worth and showing our value and getting our place, we have forgotten the beautifulness of scripture and how men and women both are created in the image of God and men with certain characteristics and women with certain characteristics and, and Christ came to be a servant um, and that women were created with a specific role to be a helper. And that role comes with great influence and it's evidence in the fall that Satan deceived Eve and then Eve went to Adam. And of course, sure, I'll take it from you, what, whatever you want because of the influence that Eve had over Adam. And that was not a result of the fall. That was the original intent and design yeah. of God in creation. And I think women discount to our own detriment the place and role that we do have and the great influence that God has given women specifically that men do not have. Um, one man's influence on another is not the same as a woman's influence on a man, yeah. whether that's his wife or in any other capacity. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. So yeah, I was just thinking for a second, so if he had gone to Adam first and then Adam had to try to convince Eve, she might have said, dude, you're crazy. Yeah, you? <laughs> sure. But you're right. Um, that wasn't an indicator of her weakness as much as an indicator of her strength. Yes. That it, yes. He knew if, if he could win her, that he, he had Adam was in the bag. <laughs> exactly. If he had Eve, Adam was coming along. Yeah, and he was right. <laughs> it happened. So I, I love that. It does speak to um, the strength uh, of a woman's influence for sure. So, uh, Barry, to you, what would you say to uh, this issue that there has been, uh, history has not been kind to women? What what should be the church's response to that today? Well, um, I wish I could speak for the church, but one of my favorite uh, women in the Bible uh, is Hagar. And who was actually Abraham's wife, who had a baby by him, not the covenant child, but the oldest, Ishmael. And then she had to be, because of Sarah and that conflict, kicked out, abandoned by Abraham. And here she is, a welfare mom. She's alone. She's single, no food, no provision, nothing. And yet she was, of course, the first one to name God. You are the God who sees and God spoke a prophetic word over her that you'll be the mother of 12 sons. And, of mm -hmm. course, we can at times debate about oh, God gave them the oil and, you know, what about Israel? Da, 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 da. But um, Hagar, you have to—I look at her as a person mm -hmm. of strength <clears throat> and uh, that she was a remarkable woman. So when I think of a woman who was abused, who had— who was entitled to something, right. Right. God, she found, God entitled her. God mm. blessed mm. her, <clears throat> aside from Abraham. Yeah, that's good. So um, <clears throat> what would you say to a woman who maybe is in a faith environment like that today? Should she stay in that setting, a church environment where there is maybe oppression, uh, heavy-handed legalism, what would you say to a woman like that today? I think it's different if you're a single woman, leave, come to Vertical, check us out on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. um, it's different if you're a married woman. I would say what 
is your husband's opinion about attending that church mm-hmm. and make your appeal to God because he hears your heart and he is your champion and he is your savior. And certainly um, the Holy Spirit would have great influence over your husband in a decision-making process about whether or not to leave that church. And if the answer to that is no, I am sorry for you. Um, Thankfully, we live in an age of technology where you could watch this podcast, where you have a lot of avenues to get truth into you through scripture and through online avenues um, so that you are being built up and not torn down. I would also say that not just inside of a husband-wife relationship in a, in a church environment, in a government environment, scripture is clear that there is protection for those who come under the authority of those placed over them. Whether you agree with that authority or not, it's not asking you to go against scripture. Um, you may know that those people are not righteous. They're not walking in accordance with scripture, but there is still uh, protection for you and blessing for you and walking underneath that authority. Um, and that's a whole nother lesson for yeah, that's another day. other areas of life as well. Yeah. Um, and I would point to the scripture about the woman who um, brings her husband to salvation. The Holy Spirit does, but yeah. brings her husband to salvation through her conduct. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I would say. Is there anything you to add to that? Uh, just a short thing. I've not ever had a hostile environment within church. And mm-hmm. all of the ones, and I, I was relocated about seven times. Wow. Always found my solace and peace and growth, mm-hmm. relationships, family mm-hmm. in the church. But I was in a hostile work environment where mm-hmm. I had to stay because of the paycheck. I called my boss Pharaoh. I felt like I was chained <laughs> to the desk. He was brutal at times, but then he got, he went through a terrible divorce and got radically saved. Mm. And I saw the fruit of prayer. Wow. Mm. And so if somebody finds themselves yeah. in a place like that to pray, to seek God, I mean, I couldn't leave because of the paycheck. Yeah. And then God gave tremendous blessings. He's now with the Lord now. Mm. He just died at the age of 49. Oh, um, Playing basketball with his sons just got taken like that. But what mm-hmm. he he was he's a treasure in heaven mm. that I am so excited to see. Yeah. You know, good. when we when I get graduated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh contrary to what a lot of people would say, the Bible actually uh, elevates women and and honors their role. And the Bible tells the story of, of many women who uh, God used in powerful mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. Uh, and and Jesus even in His day gave honor and value to women at a time when that was not popular. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, you mentioned Hagar. I'm curious, what other women to you in the Bible do you look to as kind of your icons of of encouragement and and, and example for you? Sure, I love what Barry said. Definitely the Proverbs 31 woman who's unnamed. Yeah. A Virtue, I, virtuous ideal of what a woman should be is definitely an inspiration and example for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 75, I think it's verse 6 and 7 or 7 and 8 says, Promotion comes neither from the east or west, north or south, but it comes from the Lord. Mm. And so, again, for mm-hmm. those that 
might have a sense of entitlement that I've been in this church and I should be able to do this or that. Right. Promotion comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at Esther, mm-hmm. promotion came from the Lord for her. When I look yeah. at Ruth, and there's a lot of single women looking for their Boaz, but it's God who put <laughs> who put her at the feet of yeah. her Boaz. So mm-hmm. those individuals as well. Uh, in the New Testament, there are several, especially who Paul talks about, uh, and he's thanking, you know, Phoebe mm-hmm. and people like this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's great roles. Single. We don't even know if some of the women in the New Testament were married or not, but mm-hmm. um, there's great places. Yeah. Again, promotion comes from the Lord. Sure, it's good. So, you know, in the absence of, um, well, or in the reaction today, we're seeing in the culture and and attempting to deconstruct and reconstruct the roles of men and women. I've just wondered, could it be that maybe what's happened is even within the church that we have lost maybe the glory of what it means to be kingdom men and kingdom women? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that about... uh, maybe recovering what should be the, the the glory of what it means to be a woman of faith and virtue. What, what are your thoughts about that? Sure. It's important to me as the mom of three girls. I can remember being an adolescent and being a strong personality and being surrounded in family by strong men personalities mm-hmm. and strong women personalities and struggling to find where you fit in there and struggling with Um, for me personally, as a young girl looking at, well, the men get to have all the fun and the women just clean. Mm -hmm. So it's important to me to be an example. Um, My husband is a amazing example to our girls of what a godly man should be in the way that he treats and values women. They have a great legacy um, to live up to. And I'm thankful for that. But it's important to me that they understand their place and their value. And that I say all the time to my oldest because she is very much like me and she's very competitive and she has a strong personality and she's very intelligent. Um, That is your personality and your gifts and talents that God has given you. And it doesn't make you less because you are a girl with Mm. those traits there's a special place for you and God is God yeah. is developing those in you. Um, and we're praying for the men that will come into their life that they will yeah. honor and value that. Yeah. Um, and definitely, as Barry said in the beginning, the attack on the family and traditional family relationships and the absence of fathers and mothers rising up and the example that that is to their children. And that's an attack by design at the foundation of mm, what God created. Sure. Mm. Um, definitely. Yeah. Barry, how about you? What thoughts about perhaps we've lost the glory within the church, even of what it means to be a kingdom woman? Well, um, personally, I don't believe that that's the situation at vertical, Right. whether it's the <clears throat> daddy daughter date night, which is, <laughs> I wish I could go back to that, you know, because yeah. I got to do that with my dad. Yeah. At, at the temple one year. But um, I think that what it means to be as a kingdom woman begins with the Bible, with mm-hmm. discipleship, with scripture, with yeah. our cell groups and the opportunities that we can learn from one another in studying God's word 
and I think vertical does that. I think vertical does it well. Um, I think, and, and I love what, you know, the announcements or whatever. I just love the participation that I see yeah. with women and men there mm-hmm. at the church. It's very, very balanced mm. and uh, scripture-based. So that's yeah. that's where I'm coming from. That's good. It's good. Uh, and we do, we hurt for women who have been in, in situations where there's been abuse. And, I, and I've, mm-hmm. I've talked with many women in that place. And, mm. and, and it's heartbreaking. And, and you, you feel their... They're hurt. Mm-hmm. You feel their questions and their their uncertainty, even about the future. How how could I trust someone again? How could I trust uh, another man? How and how I can trust? I trust God? Yeah, ultimately, yeah. How can I trust a pastor? But how can I trust God mm-hmm. uh, to work through men, even when I have before I thought I was trusting God, and I experienced you know abuse mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I was mistreated or treated harshly, whatever it might be. Uh, we hurt for those situations, but I think what we are hearing today, what we'd want to say is there's healing for those wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There's forgiveness, and there is the grace of Christ that comes in and restores um, where there's been a, a loss of honor, virtue, uh, truth. Mm-hmm. He comes. Jesus meets us in those places to restore and to heal and to redeem, redeem lost time, lost trust, and to build a woman up mm-hmm. to a place of greater honor and worth in him than she's mm-hmm. ever experienced before. So that would be, I guess that would be my uh, response to, the, to what has been discussed today. If that has been you, uh, we would welcome you to come to talk with our women mm-hmm. here to find healing, to find hope and a redemption uh, of of life. That's what Jesus offers us. So uh, we we do speak today to the truth in our culture. We speak truth into the culture, I should say, but we also speak grace into those who have been hurt. And that's what Jesus was. The, the disciples were amazed that he was a man full of grace and full of truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to be here mm-hmm. as well. Uh, to be a place that speaks truth, but to a place that says there's grace for where mm-hmm. you've hurt, uh, there is redemption. So, And I would add to that, do not allow the enemy to use that situation and those men and or churches that have hurt you, do not allow the enemy to use that as a deception away from the love and value that God places on you. Um, the enemy would love to take that hurt and uh, use it to drive a wedge between you and the Father. Um, he loves you and he values you and has created you with a specific intent and purpose. And do not allow the enemy or those people or churches to have power over you mm-hmm. in keeping you from scripture, in keeping you from praying, in keeping you from your relationship with the Lord. Thank you both so much for being a part of the conversation today as we address this very relevant and sensitive issue as well. We hope it's been a help to you and encourage you to check out more of our resources we have online and encourage you to like and subscribe to the Vertical Church Ovilla YouTube channel and uh, and tell others about what uh, God is saying to you and come see what God is doing here in our midst. Thanks again for being with us today.